Good morning, Thrive Church. Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. Uh, we, my wife and I, we just got back yesterday from our trip to Florida, our vacation. And I'm just going to tell you right now, they, they might think that there are dinosaur imprints in the sand, but that's really our fingerprints because they had to drag us off of the beaches of Florida. It was a great vacation, but it's good to be home with friends this morning. So I want to welcome all of you. If you're a guest here this morning or you're watching online in the 715, my name is Pastor Sheldon Miles, and I'm so glad that you are checking us out this morning. And if you are watching us online, I want you to know that is awesome. We're glad that you're connecting with us, but we want you to know it's much better in person. Am I right on that? It's much better in person. So come and join us. We look forward to meeting with you. And I, I want to give a shout out to Heidi Craig. She did an awesome job in leading the service last week. I heard it was just pouring down in the service last week. And, uh, and we are working on fixing that air conditioning unit, whatever was going on there. But, uh, but Heidi, you did an awesome job. She's working with the children's ministry this morning. And I also want to give you, a, if, you're, if you're new here, we have been working on raising funds for our flooring. We were able to do earlier in the spring or in the summer, we were able to do our lobby. And we've had a capital campaign just in a few weeks here. Somebody gave us a matching fund. And I want you to know, give yourselves a hand, that we have matched that fund can we just give it up for your generosity this morning? And so in September, it is our plan to kind of take out that, that pit here, and then we're going to be doing the flooring, and then we will be um, working on plans to redo the stage. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity, for investing in your church, because it is your church, and that's, well, you are the church. You are the church. So thank you for doing that. And I, I heard somebody, a, a, a little bird told me this morning that it's somebody's birthday today. Would that happen to be yours, Pastor Romine? It, well, Pastor Romine, I heard that it was your birthday today. For those who do not know, Pastor Romine and Linda, they were the former pastors of uh, Christian Assembly, which Thrive Church once was and uh, pastor for such a long time, and you are still pastoring me. And, and I want you to know, I, we love and appreciate you both, and we're so glad that you, you, you visit with us, and, and we just we love that. You are still investing in life, so uh, thank you very much. I want to get right into the, the message this morning, and I want to encourage you to follow along in your sermon notes that hopefully you received uh, when you came in. And if you'll notice at the back of the sermon notes, just a, a few, few little notes of things that are happening here. We have a church picnic coming up here in a few weeks, and everyone is invited to come to that and just bring something to share. One of my favorite things for you to come and bring to share is uh, Oreo cookies, the double stuffed. Or if you used to get the peanut butter and the chocolate shell Oreos, that would be a good thing for you to share. And then do not forget to tithe off of that. Also, okay, let's get into the message this morning. We have been on a sermon series all summer long called We Are. And what we have been doing, what we have been talking about is who we are here at Thrive Church. We have been talking about mission, vision, 
And then we've been spending time about values. And I know for some of you this is a little repetitive, but sometimes you, you, it just takes a long time for things to, for you to hear a lot for it to stick. And if there's anything I really want to stick in your heart, I want you to get the mission and the vision and the values of this church. Uh, our mission is this. Our mission is to lead people wherever they are in their faith journey to become because it's a process. All of us are in this work of what is called sanctification. We are all being developed, and hopefully all of you are growing, to become life-giving, not life-taking, but life-giving followers of Jesus. And we get this. We get this whole idea. We, we get it from the Great Commission, and we just have wordsmith, and we just, we've just said we're going to be a church that takes the Great Commission Seriously. So we have to define, though, what is a life-giving follower of Jesus? And, and to me, a life-giving follower of Jesus is somebody who just doesn't, they, they don't just know the mission, but they take ownership of the mission. They take ownership. In other words, they say, listen, I, I know everything that Christ has done for me, and I am going to give back to others, and I'm going to be a minister Maybe you might not be a pastor. Maybe you don't feel comfortable speaking in front of a crowd like this. But but to minister means to to look and to find the needs in other people and to go and help them with that need. That's what it means. I'm going to go minister to that need. And, and, And there are needs all around in this building. There are needs all around in this community. There's needs in your neighborhood. There are needs in your workplace. There's needs for your ability to minister is all over the place. But it's not only that. I'm going to be not only a minister, but I'm going to be a missionary. And a missionary is somebody who goes outside of their box They take their faith. In other words, on Sunday mornings, maybe you'll notice as you walk out of here every Sunday morning, you'll see a sign that greets you as you come in, and you'll see a sign that says you have now entered your mission field. How many of you have noticed that sign when you leave here on Sunday mornings? A life-giving follower of Jesus really looks at that sign and says, no, I'm taking this seriously. I'm entering my mission field, and I'm going to go into it, and I'm going to share my faith, whether it's in word or in deed. I'm going to share it. I'm not going to keep it to myself. The bottom line is our mission is discipleship. Discipleship, that word discipleship, another one of those fancy Christian terms, but discipleship is to take someone where they are in their faith journey and all of us are somewhere in our faith journey, and to walk alongside of them, to, to lead them to the next step in their faith journey, so that eventually we are all living out our mission to be life-giving followers of Jesus. And I put together, I found this scale here that, that we've been using to, to, to image this. In other words, there, there are people who are out there and and, and they're, they're in their faith journey, they're at the place of none, N-O-N-E. And these are, these are people who say, I just want none of this stuff. Whatever you're talking about, I want none of it. I don't even believe in God. And some of you, 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 you may have been in that place. Maybe you're watching online, and that's where you are today. I just, I don't even believe in any of this. Well, that's fine. That's where you are in your faith journey. But then, but then there's people, and how many of you remember those days where maybe you moved into that place where you became a seeker? And all of a sudden, you begin to look 
and seek for answers. I want you to know we're going to be starting a, a sermon series here in a few weeks, and we're going to be talking about questions, faith questions. The people, the people who are driving by this building each and every day, and they have these questions in their minds, and so we're going to start addressing some of these questions that people have because they are seeking for answers. And then there's that stage, you remember that one day when you made a decision to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, and you became what I call a newbie, a newbie. You, you just say, yes, today is the day that I choose Jesus. And then and from that stage, you begin to mature in your faith, and you begin to grow. But I know, I know, I, I know Christians who just stay in that land of maturing, but they, but they don't really do anything with it. They just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But God said, no, I want you to take it. And I want you to be a life-giving follower of Jesus. And as a result, then, when we think about vision for this church, we envision being a church that the disengaged, and when I say disengaged, when I say disengaged, these are people who have a knowledge or an understanding of God, but do not have a relationship. In other words, they're not living out their faith on a on a regular basis, how many of you know people who are disengaged? Disengaged. Maybe, maybe that's who you are. You're watching today online, and you're saying, yeah, that's, that's probably me. I know, I know a lot about God, but I'm not really engaged in my faith. Maybe you're sitting there today, and you have a knowledge. You know the Bible really good, but you're not engaged in your faith. And I, I think there's a lot of people who have been disappointed by the church, they had, they had an experience, they'd been hurt or been wounded in a church, and they became disengaged with God because of something that happened in the church. And, and, and so they're looking for answers. And I just envision Thrive Church being that church that the disengaged are looking for. And I'm not talking about being a building. I'm talking about being a church. The people look at your neighbor and say, I am the church. I am the church. I'm going to be the church that the disengaged are looking for. And what are they looking for? They are looking for people who are life-giving followers of Jesus. How many of you know somebody who's a life-giver? You know somebody who's a life-giver with their faith. And they're, they're, not, they're not obnoxious. They're just, I would say they're contagious. You ever met somebody who's contagious, and, and you look at them, and you're like, I want what you have. I think that is what the world is looking for. So I believe, I believe a church like this would reflect its values, and that's what we've been talking about here the past few weeks. And we've been saying, listen, we're going we're to call out these values, and we're going to commit to the best of our ability to live by these values. We're going to kind of let them be guardrails for how we move forward in ministry and, and as we work as missionaries. This is how we are going to operate as our church. And what values do is they create the culture. And this is the kind of culture that we want to see ha happen here at Thrive Church. So we've been talking about, number one, we're going to, say, we're going to be spirit-led. In other words, when we, when we make decisions, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to lead us in the decisions that we make. We're not going to just say, well, it seems like a great idea. Well, like, let's just go for it. Well, what, if, what if we pray about it? And let, what if we passionately pursue and humbly follow the Holy Spirit? 
as our leader for living? What, what would our lives be look, what look like if we really did that on a regular basis? Number two, we're going to be mission-driven. We're really going to take this mission seriously. And we're going to let this, make, let this shape our decisions. And this is, when we are mission-driven, this is going to help us define what we should say yes to and what we should say no to. Number three, we are going to be people-loving. We are going to love people in the same way that God loves me. That's, going to, that's how we're going to do it. And how many of you know that God loves some pretty unlovely people? Right? But he loves them unconditionally. And that's the type of church we're going to be. We're going to, we're going to strive to love people wherever they are in life. And we're going to love them in the same way that God loves them. And then the other week we talked about being servant-hearted. Servant-hearted means your love and action. It is the evidence of your faith. We're, not, we're going to do more than just say we love people. We're going to demonstrate it by serving people. It's one of the greatest things that you can do with your faith. This, this, this thing that God has given to you, his spirit, was never meant for you to keep it to yourself. It's always meant to go out. And the best way for it to go out is through servanthood. Well, today, we're going to talk about being growth-minded. Look at your neighbor and say, I am growth-minded. I'm growth-minded. What does it mean to be growth-minded? To be growth-minded, it's a belief or it's an attitude. It's an attitude that we have been created to thrive. Just look at your neighbor, and I know I'm gonna, I, I have you interact a lot this morning, but I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I have been created to thrive. I have been created to thrive. In other words, the, what does that mean? What, what do these people look like? These people, they live their life to their fullest potential by daily pursuing growth. In every area of their life, they just say, listen, God created me not to just exist. God created me to thrive. And I want, in order to thrive, I've got to grow. Did you hear that? If you're going to thrive this morning, you have to make decisions to where you are going to grow. Somebody told me this years ago, if you do not grow daily, you will die gradually. You can write that down. If you do not grow daily, you will die gradually. You see, these people who are growth-minded, they understand that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. These are hard workers. They say, listen, I, God's given me this gift. I'm not just going to let it sit on the shelf. I'm going to do something. Well, I'm going to work harder, and I'm going to make it better. When you are growth-minded, you have a love for learning, and you have a resilience that is essential for accomplishment. You understand, i got, I got to strive. It, it, life is not just handed to you, but God created me to thrive, but i got to work for it to happen. They are constantly learning and growing themselves to enhance their God-given mission. Did you know Jesus was growth-minded? Did you know that? If you look in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, you see, you know, like, hey, what, what was happening during those years before Jesus started his ministry? You know what he was doing? He was growing. He took those years to grow. Why did he start so late? 
Why did he start in his, in his early 30s? Why did he start so late? Well, he was taking that time. Because in order to thrive, you got to grow. And it says here in Luke 2.52, And Jesus grew. And Jesus grew. This is not in your notes. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You know, that's every part. He grew in his mind. He grew in wisdom. He studied the scriptures each and every day. He memorized the scriptures, and he had them in his heart. He grew in stature. He grew physically. And I'm not talking about like this way, okay? But I'm talking he grew healthy. He took care of his body that God had given him, the temple of God. And he grew in favor with God and man. In other words, we're talking about relationships, he grew in relationships with, with the people in his life, and he grew in his relationship with God. You see, if you look through the scriptures, you'll see many, many times where Jesus was taken off early, early in the morning to spend time with God. You see, his spiritual life was important to him. I want to talk to you this morning. We're going to focus on Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus gives us a great illustration of what it means to be growth-minded. And it's found in what is called the, the story of the talents, the, the parable of the talents, or the parable of the three servants. I'm going to read from my Bible here. It says this, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Catch that part. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibles. Let's celebrate together. I love that. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops, and you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. 
To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a hard ending there. So what, what are we talking about being growth-minded? If we get anything out of this story, we get this. We clearly see that we have been created by God to thrive. You have been created by God. You have been given everything that you need by God to thrive in this life of yours. To, to thrive means to be life-giving. To thrive means this, to grow daily to the point of producing an abundant harvest. Did you know that? You were created by God for there to be an abundant harvest that come from your life. Here, here's, here's the three things that we get from this story quickly here. First of all, from this parable, and, we're, and remember, Jesus would tell parables he would tell stories to help you understand spiritual principles for your life. So he is talking to you. He's talking to me. And he's saying, number one, you have been gifted. Each and every one of you, you have been gifted by God. Each of the servants was given exactly what they could handle. Not too much, not too little. But the master knew. One he gave five, one he gave two, and the other one he just gave them one because he knew that was their abilities. And each one of you, listen to me, each and every person in this room, I promise you, you have these three things, and these three things have come from God. You have been given time. So I'm looking around this room, and I do not see anybody unconscious and not breathing. So you have this time, this clock that is ticking. God gave that to you. You, hit, you have this thing called your talents. I'm looking around this room, and many of you that I know, and you have all these abilities and giftings that I do not have. And, and that person has a gifting that that person over there doesn't have, and they have giftings. All these just various giftings that each and every one of us have been given. You've been given a talent. And each of you, I'm assuming most of you came here in a car, some type of vehicle. If you even have shoes on, you have treasure. So you've been given three things by God that are not really yours, your time, your talent, and treasures. And God has given to you each according to your abilities. Number two, you have a responsibility. You've been gifted and number two, you have a responsibility. All these servants, they understood that what was given to them, it was not theirs. I'm telling you, that is a huge principle that we need to understand as Christ followers. Everything that we have, it is, it is not theirs. But they were stewards. Write that word down. A steward is somebody who takes care of possessions that is not their own. That's what the story is about. They were given the master's money to take care of and to invest. They were stewards. And their responsibility was not to only take care of it, but to multiply it. To do something with it. To not let that gift just sit there and grow stale, but to do something with it. That's, that word is called investment. That's what they did. Remember the two servants? We took what you gave to us, and we invested. When you invest something, you put the money to work for a return later. 
Some of you, that's what you're doing. You're working, you're working, you're working right now so hard so that one day you can retire and go move to Florida or move to Arizona or just, it just you want to retire. But you have to work right now so that you can retire later. That's what an investment is. It builds, builds, and builds, and builds. But each of the servants had a choice. They had a decision. Two of the servants decided to invest, and one of the servants played it safe and did nothing. So number one, you've been gifted. Number two, you have a responsibility. And number three, you are accountable. Did you know that? You are accountable with what you do with your time, with what you do with your talent, with what you do with your treasure. You remember the story of the talents that the master returned one day? And I assure you, one of these days, God is going to look at you and say, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with it? Accountable is kind of a, it's an accounting word, and it means to give an account, to show what was done with what was given. I want you to know this, by the way, if you're new here, we have an open book policy here at Thrive Church. Have you ever wondered, what does the church do with all of its finances, and you've never attended one of our business meetings? I want you to know we have an open book policy. So if you're, you're ever curious, of like, hey, I'm just kind of curious about the book's of the church, we would love to give you a report of how that's. I just wanted to put that out there. But understand, again, you will one day give an account with what you did with what you have been given. I want you to notice the two difference, the two servants of Jesus, what he says to them. The master said, well done. Good and faithful servants. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Man. If there are words that I want to hear when I get to heaven, just give me two words. Oh, I, I, I just want to hear two words. Well done. What if we were to focus our lives to live for the well done? What would, how would we live our lives differently if our focus in life was to live for the well done? Not for the well done of others, but for the well done of God. What would our lives be look like? And then we notice the contrast of the other servant the one who does nothing, and it's described to him, he is wicked and lazy. Lazy. <laughs> Those are the two words I do not want to hear when I get to heaven. You know what that word wicked means? To be morally wrong or morally corrupt. You see, it's a moral issue with what you do. It's almost like you're stealing or robbing from God when you do nothing with it. There are, I want to talk this morning. There are two different mindsets that we choose to have. And I, I don't know about you, but I have this battle. I ha, I, sometimes I wake up and I, I have this, this one mindset. It's called a fixed mindset. How many, how many of you ever done any reading on this? A fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And, and sometimes it's a battle, right? Because I want to be like that one servant and take the easy road. But I know that the fulfillment that comes when I choose the road of growth. And so God's word always challenges the lazy servant within us. 
Did you know that? God's word always changes and challenges the lazy servant in us. Let me look at a few examples. There is, again, that battle. There's the battle of fear versus faith. And the one servant, he allowed fear to hold him back. That's why he didn't do it. He even admitted it. Why didn't you do anything with it? Well, I was afraid. But the two servants, they use faith to move them forward despite their fear. So we're knowing, I understand this is a risky move, but we're going to do this. We're going to walk by faith. Fear says, don't do it. It won't work. You will only fail. The worst is going to happen. The lazy, the lazy servant, his fear paralyzed him. And it keeps us. It keeps us from investing our gifts. Do you realize that? Your fear oftentimes is, is holding you back from doing what God has called you to do. Instead, we are meant to confront our fears by faith. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight, not what we see. I'm gonna challenge you this morning. Don't let fear hold you back from thriving to your fullest potential. The second, second mindset battles here. The one, the fixed mindset says, says, I can't. But the growth mindset says, I can. The one servant he had an I can't mindset. The two servants said, I can. And you know when you say that you can? They did. They did. You see, fear creates an I can't mindset. Do you know uh, scientists have actually studied human behavior long enough to show that if you consistently live by an I can't mindset long enough, well, guess what? You probably won't. If you allow a I can't mindset to control you, you guess what? You probably won't. Studies of people who have reached the age of retirement. They did studies of people and they said, what, what was your greatest regrets? And one of the greatest regrets people have given when they reach retirement age is, I wish I had taken more of a risk when I was younger. I wish I would have, I wish, in other words, they're saying, I wish I would not have allowed my fear to hold me back. Paul tells us in Philippians 14, he, say, he doesn't say, for I can't. He doesn't say that. He says, for I can. I want you to say that right now. I can. Just say it. I can. I can do everything that God has called me to who gives me strength. I can do it through Christ. How would our lives be differently if we had an I can mindset? Here's the other battle, the battle of impossible versus possible. The one servant determined his situation was impossible. But the two servants, they said, no, 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 that's a fixed mindset. But a growth mindset said, with God, everything is possible. With God, Everything is possible. Matthew 19, 26, with God, everything is possible. That's where the servants got that crazy idea anyhow. Do you know that? I, I know you know that. But do you own that? Do you know why the Bible was written? The Bible was written to remind us of this point right here. That with God, you see, I, I'm, I see stories I've read through this just a couple times, and I see stories that are just impossible. And then I turn the page, and all of a sudden, that impossible situation is now 
possible. And you know how it's made possible? Because God enters the situation. And then I turn to the next story, and in there, again, another impossible situation. I turn the page, and there God shows up, and with God, all things are possible. Let's talk about this, being conformed versus transformed. The first servant said this. He decided he was just going to conform to the status quo. I'm just going to be just like everyone else. But the other two servants, they said, no, 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 no. My life was not meant to be mediocre. I was created to thrive. But in order for that to happen, I've got to grow. I have to be transformed. Listen to this. Paul tells us in Romans 12, do not, do not. You know what that tells me right there? Stop right here. It tells me you have a choice. So as we enter this passage right here, can you realize you have a choice? You determine fixed mindset or growth mindset. You do not, do not conform. Don't don't, don't settle for being just like everybody else to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So in our, in our life, we had we have the choice, just like these servants. The first servant, I can just conform and just be like everybody else. I don't want to stick, stick, my, stick my head out, and I don't want to you know, just... just status quo, but the other two servants, no, 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 no. I have been created to thrive, and I'm going to put myself in position. I'm going to have a growth mindset so that I can thrive. Do you, are you beginning to see the differences here? But Paul tells us this is our choice. Let me continue your problems versus possibilities. The first servant conceded to the notion that the problems were bigger than the possibilities, so he didn't even attempt but the two servants, they decided that their problems actually created possibilities, and that propelled them forward. Do you see the difference there? Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I love this. <clears throat> the, the ladies, excuse me, would you give me that water? The ladies' event that happened here just a few weeks ago, the ladies' picnic, Thank you, sweetheart. The ladies <clears throat> talked about turning lemons into lemonade. I love that theme. Taking your challenges. Naomi, you did an awesome job, I, I heard. I heard from a lot of people. Taking lemons, which are sour and sucky, and turning those lemons into something that is refreshing and renewing. But again, it's just really a matter of choice. It's your decision. There was the other choice of playing it safe versus run to win. One servant decided to just play it safe because you never know what could happen. But the other two servants, they said, we were created to thrive, and therefore we're going to run to win. I love that. Paul says that. He says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. My wife found this video for me. <clears throat> this actually happened. How many of you have been watching the Olympics? Been watching the Olympics? There was this race that just happened here. And I'm so I don't know if it was talked about a lot, but this lady named Safan Hassan, she was running four laps around the track. 
And watch what she does. I want to to show you what a growth mindset looks like. This is a growth mindset. Go ahead and show the video. Get off her feet at the end of the day. Guerrero of Spain and Bobicia of Romania in the top two spots. That's Jessica Hull from Australia. Ellie Purrier, St. Pierre, currently rolling in fourth. And Canada's Natalia Hawthorne in fifth. Here comes the bell. They come to the bell. Bill 59.2, the final lap in the first oh, team. Down goes Hassan. There's a fall on Hassan. Oh. oh my goodness. It was a chain reaction. It started with Hawthorne. She bumped into. Watch this girl right here. The Kenyan runner, Inaida Jeptak, and then Hassan fell over Jeptak. And now look at the work she has to do. The last thing she wanted today, a full-out sprint for Hassan to try and get back into this. But if anybody could do it, it would be Hassan. So we've got those top five up there. All she has to do is close this gap right here. And you see Hassan coming up. If she can get in front of these girls right here, now she's in front of these women. She Now she's in that sixth position that she needs to make it to the next round. But how much gas is she using up that she wanted in the tank tonight for the 5,000 final? Ellie Purrier, St. Pierre out in front. Here comes Hassan and a pretty staggering last lap after going down. Hull is there as well in your top six coming through in one big bunch with Stefan Hassan going from on the track to cross the line first in a matter of about 62 seconds. You see as she walked right through the mix zone. Isn't that the coolest? Isn't that the coolest? That is a growth mindset. A fixed mindset, ah, I have fallen down. Well, there's no chance of me catching up. I guess the race is over for me. How many times have we fallen for that trick? But the growth mindset, no. I've been created to thrive. There's much, much more for me. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to run. And I'm going to do more than run. I'm going to run to win. When's the last time we had that mindset with our faith? I'm going to run to win. Let me tell you quickly here how to develop a growth mindset. Quickly here. A growth mindset starts, number one, with a pursuit, a daily pursuit of God. A daily pursuit of God. This happens through your time of worship with him each and every day. It's it's talking about getting into the word each and every day and allowing God's word to transform you. Do you realize that God wants to speak to you every single day? Did you realize that? God wants to speak to you every single day. You need only to listen. How do you listen to God? Right here. Right here. God wants to speak to us every day. If you want to grow, if you want to thrive, then you got to put yourself in position. It happens through worship, through reading of the word, and through prayer by talking to God. Number two, we grow stronger in our faith when we grow together. I will forever repeat that phrase. We grow stronger in our faith when we grow together. I have about four gentlemen in my life that I was part of their life group when I was living in Green Bay, and I've now find, I found a new pastor's life group because I discovered I grow stronger in my faith as I grow together. And I want to encourage you this fall to get into a life group. 
Get into a life group. I, I'm running out of time here. Let me continue. Number three, activate your faith. Activate your faith. Let me repeat these here. Pursue God daily. Grow together. Number three, activate your faith by serving. Find a place to serve. You, know, you want to know the difference between, remember I, I put up that chart, and I said you got, you got Christians who are maturing, but you got life-giving followers of Jesus. The step, the step that you need to take is to put yourself in a place to serve. Can I ask today, where are you serving? If it's not here in this church, where, who are you serving? Who in your world are you serving? I'll tell you, your faith will so, that is the most mature thing that you can do with your faith is to put yourself in a place to serve others and not for your benefit. We're created to thrive. We are created to thrive. You will always get what you grow. You have been created to thrive. This morning I've been talking about to you about being growth-minded. Being growth-minded. It's just that pursuit of God. I want more of Him, and I need less of me. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I want to be more growth-minded. I want to be like that young lady, Hassan. I, I feel like I have fallen down, and I've tripped up, and I feel like I've got nothing else to give, but I want to win. I want to win. I want to win for Jesus. If that's you here today, and you say, Pastor, I want to be growth-minded, will you just raise your hand? You realize you've been created to thrive. I want to pray for you this morning, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, these hands that are, their hands are raised. You're saying, God, I, I have much more to give. I've been living it with that fixed mindset for so long, and I know I've been created to thrive. I ask that you would transform and renew my mind. I pray, God, that you would begin to give me opportunities and, and that you would give me the faith to step out in those opportunities. I pray that you would create and thrive, church, a growth mindset. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning, we are going to serve communion. And Paul, if you can help me by getting me a communion cup. Anybody else, if you did not receive a communion cup when you came in this morning, will you raise your hand? We want to serve you. talk about servanthood. <laughs> Jesus was the ultimate servant. The ultimate in growth mindset. At Thrive Church, we want you to know we serve in open communion. You do not need to be a member of this church to participate in communion. We just ask that you would have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this morning, have you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? If you're watching online and you would like to make that decision today, just call out to him. Just say, God, I need you. I need my life to change and I've been trying to change it myself. And I'm asking that you would come and place your spirit inside of me and change me from the inside out. Transform me 
forgive me of my sins. I want to choose to live for you in Jesus' name. You know, the word of God says that if you would call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And some of you, you've just transitioned into salvation. Just give God a hand for that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus was with his disciples and he took the bread. If you'll please hold the bread with me. His his, the bread represents the body of Christ, which was broken for us. And Lord, as we partake of this, we remember your life, your sacrifice. Let's all partake together. And he took the cup. And he, and the cup said this, he said, this cup represents my blood that was poured out for you. And now you live under a new covenant. It's not based on the law, but it's built upon relationship with Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. That is through your blood you set us free. We have your salvation today. We drink of it together. Thank you, God. God, we just give you praise. We give you honor today. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and honor. Lord, we, we, we want to have that growth mindset. Help us with that as we walk relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, become a part of the Thrive Church family by subscribing and following us. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page every Sunday. Second thing is share. Share with your friends, co-workers, and the people around you. The final thing, consider partnering with us financially. If this ministry is impacting you, I would ask you to pray about what you can give to help us take this message to the entire 715. And as always, we want you to know that you are welcome, accepted, and loved here at Thrive Church. And remember, you were created to thrive. We'll see you next week.